They're the boys in the back room. We have a guy who works in the back, Eric Jones. He's the big German. Be nice to Marvin. He'll be taking your calls today. Chat row, Tyler, the moderator, handling the duties there. A couple of weeks ago, Dylan was getting us breakfast. Now he's doing graphics on this program. You know who? Blame Mario. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, the uh, backroom guys are not allowed to eat until 12.15. You're now listening to the 12.15 Club. Welcome into the 12.15 Club. My name is Eric Jones, known as the Big German Kid. Filling in for Mario. Mario's out today, so uh, you got to deal with me for the next 30 minutes. Hopefully you enjoy it. I'm joined today by Tyler, the moderator. Dylan, the graphics guy, Marvin, the prince, and join today, special BRG visit from the back, visit from the grill area, visit from down under. Visit. I kind of feel like I'm off the bench, which is yeah, not, yeah. not, not cool. Well, not cool. he's also a recipe thief. Alan, the IT guy, is here. A couple topics to look forward to. Tyler went on a date last night with DP. We'll get into all those details. Todd had a banner week. But, uh, as always, had some up and downs, and uh, Paulie celebrated a birthday this week on the show. Uh, lots more to go into. Just so you guys know, we are wearing masks this uh, this week, starting this week, and uh, for the foreseeable future, so if we're a little muffled, we're just trying to make sure that we're all safe doing the right thing, so we can keep bringing you the Dan Patrick show every week. So, uh, we'll work through that, but uh, today, our special guest, as you know, on 1215, love to have a guest on, and this guest is... Uh, has some history on air and behind the scenes. Uh, former bo- uh, box score host and uh, one of the OG BRGs, Casey Garrity is here. Casey, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Your energy is just amazing. So uh, thank you for coming on. <laughs> uh, so Casey, let's break. Go back. I think you started in 2010, if my notes are correct. So how did you start with the show? How did I start with the show? Um, well, you know. Uh, fellow former BRG, Nick Taylor, right? Of course, yes. Well, his dad, Bruce, um, goes way back with DP. Bruce was like one of the first camera guys at SportsCenter. And when Dan was lighting uh, the studio, the man cave in Milford, the the first uh, man cave, Bruce did all the lighting there. So they were looking for somebody to like just edit some videos. Like uh, they were given the, the Danettes their own little like webcams and they just needed somebody to come in and do a little bit of editing. And basically Bruce hooked me up with the gig and that's how it started. Wait, so it wasn't skinny jeans and a man bun? <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that helped or hurt. They were like, oh, this, this little hipster it's got some uh, some stuff we can make fun of. Yeah, let's bring him in, put him in the corner, let him edit. So you were there for the first TV episode. Uh, you've been you were with the show from day one of, on TV, correct? No, I think they were maybe like six months in. Okay, they were yeah. like six months in on TV. I think Alan, you were there. Already, yeah, I think you right? came in right. At, did you come in like around January or something? January, February. Yeah, yeah. They yeah they were just getting they were just doing the um, that first Super Bowl in Miami. Right. And and I hung back and was like editing a bunch of like back footage that they had. So that yeah, so that was around the time I started. So then, when did the box score start? I don't remember. I guess like a a couple of years in, they okay. started doing the box score, and it was something where Paulie hosted it, and we would just post it on the website. And then I think uh, Chris Long and DP were just chatting about how to um, kind of mix it up. They were just always trying to make everything better. And I think they wanted Paula to kind of be able to be 
more objective and less of a host and be able to like answer questions instead of ask them. So they just had me, uh, come in and host, but it was like, yeah, it was Danette only in the beginning, right? Yeah, it was just the Danette. And then, um, and then they brought me in and I would just basically come in and ask some questions, but it was like pretty low key. It was like just something that we would post on the website. And then it went, then it went like live to the website and then it went live to TV um, so it wasn't, it started out like pretty mellow and then it got like turned into like, I was hosting a live show on TV every day, which was. <laughs> yeah. You were hired as an crazy. editor, right? And then all of a sudden yeah, you're, exactly. you're hosting the show. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was crazy. Made no sense. So, I mean, the box score and just for those who might be listening, who, uh, weren't fans of the show, uh, back when the box score was happening, it was a live, at least during my tenure, 30 minute show, uh, hosted by Casey. And then there was a brief time after Casey left the show that, uh, a guy named Brock hosted it, but it was a 30 minute show that was basically a wrap-up show it was supposed to have uh, some some segments kind of wrapping up what happened on the show and then uh there was a little bit of a segment at the end that was kind of free form right so um I have a lot of great memories of the box score. For me, it's uh, all the times that you came out of weird places. You know, there was, we actually played a clip on the show today, like where you came out of, you know, the green lockers, or I think you also came out of like a box, or you would like pop out from behind the desk. Those are some of my favorite memories. I don't know, you know, putting you on spot a little bit, but if you have any favorite memories. Yeah, those were fun. Um, Mango, the director, um, used to love to have me come out of weird small stuff. And uh, the producer at the time, Reza, uh, Alan, you remember Reza, right? Of course. Yeah, he, he used to always, uh, like seconds before we'd go live, I think their favorite thing to kind of mess with me because they knew I wasn't, you know, I didn't belong there. I was essentially a contest winner, so I'd be nervous sometimes. And they would just like five seconds before the show would start, they'd be like, uh, why don't you, I don't know, why don't you like, go in the locker. Why don't you go like come out from under the, under the desk or something. And I was like, meanwhile, they're like counting down from five. And so I think they like to just get me either nervous or maybe that made me not as nervous or something. Um, but yeah, just them kind of messing with me was always fun. Um, my, what was the question? We're just talking about you coming out of, you know, tight little spaces. I just remember it becoming, um, such a thing that we would look at boxes when stuff would get delivered in the mail or when we would bring out those, you know, those big bins that we would have to fill like with the, the letters for the, for the marquee or whatever. And we would always look at this stuff and think, geez, can I squeeze into this thing? And, and, and that turned into a, almost a daily thing with us. I mean, any package that came in the mail, we tried to figure out if we can stuff you in it. Yeah. I remember we did a bit where, like just like you're saying, Alan, we got so we ordered something and the box was pretty big. Well, I guess not that big, but um, <laughs> we they put me in it and only like like Dan was in on the bit, and so we were trying to like scare the Danettes, like I was gonna pop out of the box, right? And you even carried the box in, like so it looked like yeah. there's no way Casey could be in that. Um, but I remember Dan, <laughs> he like built it for like way too long. And he said he like, you know, before he was like my cue to like pop out or whatever. And he said after like he considered just not even giving me the cue and just like keeping me in the box the whole time <laughs> and never just never letting me come out of the box for the bit. 
<laughs> There's no way Dan would do something to mess with you and uh, let it play out on air. I don't, yeah. I don't believe it. So, Casey, something that a lot of people probably don't remember or don't even realize is that you and Nick, Nick Taylor again we're talking about, invented flinchball. Sure, 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 sure. And um, among many other games, uh, Nick, uh, Casey, and myself worked in the back room together at the old studio, and um, we generally did like to wrestle shirtless. It happened a lot. I'm not going to lie. I mean, it doesn't, that was, I think that was common in any workplace back then. You know, it was the early, <laughs> before COVID, early, early aughts. Yeah. yeah. I mean, at least any work environment that I was president, it's always. And then you guys were shirtless in DC and I was, I wasn't there. If, if you remember. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I don't know. I'm just, just, just saying. That's right. And you, you had just like gotten super shredded and like you were, I think that's why you were the most pissed. You were like the one sh- like, entire group photo that happens to be shirtless and you had just started your intermittent fasting and you were like zero percent body fat and you're like no it's cool you i'm not hurt call me for the <laughs> i'm not hurt I, I forgot all about it <laughs> casey garrity joining us uh, on 1215 club of course uh, you'll know him from his time as host of the box score and also an OGBRG. Uh, you can also find the millennials a show casey uh, starred and produced in which is available on his youtube as we kind of come to the end of our time with you here at 1215 i want to know you know obviously as you hosted the box score what kind of an original wrap-up show and this 1215 club is a wrap-up show of sorts uh, kind of weekend review from the brg's perspective is there anything you can a little tidbit of advice you can give to us uh on how to how to deal with the guys or just how to you know work in this environment it's a pretty unique place yeah, I'd say uh, in regards to like the content aspect of it, I think it's always better to uh, what's what's the saying? It's better to ask for forgiveness rather than permission. I think if uh, if you have an idea for a bit and you're like, oh, is this too far? Is this too weird? Is this too should I should we not do this? I say do it. Okay, I say 100% do it. That voice in your head that says should we not do this? I'm going to tell you now that voice is wrong. Okay, don't listen to that voice. That voice, that voice doesn't make good TV. That voice doesn't make good podcasting. If you have an instinct, you got a bit, do it. If the guys don't like it, you know, they don't like it. They're going to yell at you. You say, look, look, listen, the, the famous phrase is, it's just content. <laughs> is, is that how you got Nick to take those pictures of himself and give them out to the guys for Christmas? <laughs> that is 100% Nick. Yeah, no, that, I had nothing to do with that bit. That's uh, that's a good old-fashioned uh, Nick bit right there. I remember, Alan, do you remember when he handed those to the guys and the room was just like, Wait. what? Wait, what? The and dude was only working. was like, Nick would never enter a room and be like, hey, everybody, can I get your attention? I have gifts for you. So already everybody was like on their heels, like, well, what do you, is, it, is this a weird, what are you talking about, Nick? And then he handed out one by one the portraits that he had done, and everybody was just like quiet for like 30 seconds. And then Dan was like, thank you. And then we all just started laughing. And then now it's like legendary. But Hey, can yeah, I end this that. on one sour moment that you had that really sticks out in my head? And I remember how upset you got because, and it was so real, and it's so weird, and it just shows, again, we have a bunch of guys here that are ultra competitive. I mean, you watched AUAA, you know how we all are. But um, oh, I love the AUAA. Way yeah, back then, every game. we had uh, Most Valuable Backroom Guy, and there was one year that Casey didn't get a single vote. Mm. And oh my God, he stormed out of the place. I know it was sort of a joke, but it wasn't really, was it? Yeah, no, it was it was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> it 
was a good joke. No, um, yeah, no. I mean, that was that was uh, that was bull. That was baloney. Because it was a, it was a particularly good year, and then I people were getting votes like sympathy votes, like they were members of the BRG staff who mailed it in at certain times, and yeah, yeah, I was yeah. crushing it and working and doing extra, and I to, to not get any votes. Yeah, that's stung. That's stung, and I am competitive, and yeah, that 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 made me fiery red hot with anger. But it doesn't take too much to get me to that place. <laughs> no, it does not. Eight years later, I'm sure it's it's obviously not uh, not right on the front. Yeah, of the no, it's, yeah, no. Yeah, well, I had the, like the face of all the BRG <laughs> guys that day, like hanging on my wall, in, like a punching bag, and. That's why you're so shredded. I get it. Um, well, Casey, th- thank you for uh, taking the time. We appreciate it. Hopefully our fans at 1215 enjoyed it. And uh, we'll I'd like to have you back. We were talking about having you and Nick together someday to, to tell some more stories. So um, Yeah, we'll have to do that uh, in studio sometime. Love to Maybe have you. Maybe we'll, we uh, come back to uh, the East Coast for like the holidays or something. Perfect. All right. Well, Casey, thanks again for your time. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. You know, on 1215 Club, we always try to bring the curtain back and show you behind the scenes of the Dan Patrick Show. I think Casey is uh, is a perfect guest for us. I think this is episode eight, and, uh, you know, he had four or five years here in Milford, and uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed that segment. But uh, to go back to our, to our rundown, of course, so up next, Tyler had a date with DP yesterday. So... You know, there's a lot of times, especially now with Dan, um, he's got a lot of different irons in the fire, and there's a lot of Zoom calls that he likes to have here. He, um, you know, just it's, it's a more controlled environment for him. So he came in yesterday, right as the show was ending. I was like, "Hey, by the way, I have a Zoom at 4:30 today, and normally we get off there at noon local." And so I was like, "I'm sorry, I have an appointment." But so Tyler filled in, and then uh, this after uh, right before 12:15 started recording, I found out that uh, you guys went out afterwards. So Tyler, tell us about your date with Dan. Uh, it was a good time. We went down to um, the local brewery in Milford here, and uh, might I say, geez, it, it, you might as well have had the president walk in. It, it's just. It was just nonstop stares and and just attention, and we must have had probably ninety percent of the place come up to us and just and and just oh Dan yeah well that I I made that joke I was like Dan I should have warned you I was gonna draw this much much attention I hardly got a chuckle but uh, <laughs> um, but yeah no I mean I wish I could uh, I could extract some uh, better content it was just an all around good conversation he's so genuine he's always asking about my family, my, my personal life. It's just, uh, once he brought up, uh, I brought up chat row to him and I just, I was trying to think about ways to incorporate them more. Uh, and he, chat row may not like this, but he came up with the idea that maybe one time a day I, uh, send over Mario, like a chat of the day kind of thing. And then we could have him read it. And he said, I don't know that chat would go for that because, He's sort of viewed as the villain. I agreed, of course, and uh, that's sort of where we left it. But no, it was a it was a great time, and he's just so so gen- generous and yeah. Going going to dinner with Dan, uh, especially one on one. I I mean, I've worked with Dan for eight years. I think it's only happened a few times, but it's uh it's really interesting. You know, he's such a good interviewer and conversationalist, and. Uh, I'm like almost like I'm ready. You know, I'm like, okay, he's going to ask me a question about something. And, um, you know, he, but he's so good and he, he puts you at ease. And, uh, you know, it's a, 
I'm surprised you tried to keep it a secret from us. I mean, I think <laughs> I, I would be holding the flag up. But I didn't want to rub it in that I got the text and you didn't. Well, I, just to be clear, I re- got the original text and I pushed it <laughs> off onto you. Uh, yeah. But that's okay. Uh, no, Dan's always awesome. So, Marvin, this topic is for you uh, because you are the Todd Whisperer in this room, at least. Um, you know, this week, Todd had a big week. He had his Kevin Harlan contest. But he also had some uh, some low points, right, where he was going to uh, – yesterday on Thursday, Dan was like, so, Todd, who do you have booked for tomorrow? And he's like, nobody. And he just cut him right back down. So the ebbs and flows of Todd um, – Marvin, what are your experiences with Todd in terms of his uh, ups and downs? (laughs) Well, first off, he sends out an email for the snoreboard. Yeah. And so say, like, he'll do one for Monday. He sends it out on Thursday. Yeah. And we're just like, there's like three days in between. Marvin, you said an email. (laughs) An, as in one. Come on. (laughs) BRGs, I want you to forgive me. He sends out about eight emails for the next week. He's like, all right. So on October 8th, the day Michael Jordan scored 54 points, and we're like, it's September 25th. Relax. But he'll also be like, he'll only send you one of the scores, right? So it's not even a complete, like, here's the plan for the snowboard for October 8th. It's like, the home team should be this. And then two days later, you'll get the... It should be that. And you also, the other Todd thing is that he doesn't put a lot of stuff in the body of the email. It's just in the subject, which makes it difficult sometimes because if you're, if you're on a, a phone, it only displays so many characters in the subject. So you're like, I don't even know what Todd's talking about. Yeah, I mean, like Todd will have like his, his musings about an idea and just export those to everyone via individual emails being like basically rattling off what could end up being his scoreboard ultimately, and then he sort of lands on one particular thing. I'm actually not involved with those ones, so I guess I, you could say I dodged that bullet, um, but I get my fair share. Of, I get Todd's Sunday afternoon Hell's Bells email that uh, the week is starting again. That's my fave. Yeah, Marv? Yeah, and it's always so funny when Dan goes to Todd. As soon as he says, yes, Todd, I think DP's already regretting it. Even when he asked him who's on the show tomorrow and the way Todd was like, nobody. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other thing with Todd that that came out this week was how great he was with the Kevin Harlan uh, on Wednesday when it was just spontaneous and he killed it and he was hilarious. And then at the beginning of the show on Thursday, he had had, you know, 22 hours to prepare and that made him get in his own head. And so, Alan, I know that you and your wife are friends with uh, the Fritzes and have gone to dinner. Todd yeah, is, uh, if you could tell a quick story of Todd at dinner, because Todd at dinner is amazing, but it's not planned. And it's funny because the guys this week were, were talking about that. We're like, Todd, uh, you know, just off the cuff is amazingly entertaining. But then when he starts scripting it, sometimes it doesn't uh, doesn't play out the way he, I think he thinks it does. So... You know, yes, at dinner with Todd, it's it's an interesting thing because it really doesn't take anything to get him going, right? I mean, it, it, it's it, you don't have to wind him up very hard. Um, and now my wife, she loves that energy. She loves sitting. The fact is, you could say one thing and you sit back and all that stuff you see where Todd just starts to ramble, that happens. And the what what's amazing is 
you do start to realize how good like Dan and even Paul uh, to some degree and the other guys are at reining him in um, because we don't. I, I don't want to. Um, I, I really, I, I just want to see how far it'll go. And believe me, it goes far. We've closed restaurants down um, with him just rambling and it gets loud. And his wife, Jen, uh, I mean, she doesn't even, she doesn't get embarrassed. She's, I, I think she loves it as much as we do. I, I, I think, um, I, I imagine it's going to get a little old after a while, but uh, yeah, my wife and I look forward to our dinner with the Fritzes just so we could see uh, just how far Todd will go. And it's far. Yeah, Todd is just incredibly all over the place. And his energy is really, I mean, for someone who doesn't sleep much, it's impressive how much energy he has. And the speed at which he talks is also just uncanny. I mean, it's just amazing how fast he can talk. And, uh, yeah, when you get him at dinner and he starts going off the chains. But but that's the whole thing. And, and he struggles. You know, you think about his comedy routine, too. You know, he when he he's funny like at dinner he, he just has all these great lines and it's amazing and some of the stuff maybe he's thought about before but then when he goes on stage sometimes it just doesn't it doesn't necessarily work in the same way now i don't know if this is going too deep but i'm just going to say it anyway um i don't know if you guys ever noticed sometimes when they would when, when seaton would have to record disclaimers for a uh, for a company for a brand or for whatever Todd can do that. You know when they speed up the the, the audio on something because <laughs> limitations apply. Like Todd can do that. It's unbelievable, and and he does it in one take. He does it all the time, and he does it so fast that Seton has to do no work when he's doing disclaimers when he's got Todd. I've even seen it where. Seaton says, "Yeah, Todd, you need two more seconds because he went too fast." And uh, I think I think Todd is uh, he's quite the character. And honestly, um, I look forward to having him back on twelve fifteen to show a little more of his personality because you know he's just uh, he's America's treasure. Uh, yeah, Marvin. So that means we have to have a part one and a part two <laughs> next time we have him on. I see we, what you did there. Yeah, you see what I did, <laughs> Todd Fritz. He's a gem. Odd Fritz. ODD or just OD? Because we already dropped the last D, so then maybe it's just OD for its... Um, anyways, so another big topic this week from the Dan Patrick Show was it was Paul's birthday. And uh, Tyler, this is for you. Uh, you know, it's funny. So again, I've been with the show for eight years, and when I first came on, I came from uh, another network. And if someone on air had a birthday, you always made a big thing of it towards the end of the show. When I got here, it was not the case at all. Um, they didn't acknowledge birthdays at all. And the first one that I remember we- Other than Todd's. Oh, Todd makes it. Yeah, the whole yeah. show is Todd's birthday. Um, same month, same day, same year. Um, but the first birthday that I remember that, that we acknowledged that was okay on air was Paul's birthday in New York several years ago, probably going back four or five years ago. We did that meat cake. Um, and- it's kind of evolved from from there, and now you know they had the the um, special for swag. Uh, that was it was a discount because of Paul's birthday, so it's kind of grown a little bit. But Tyler, in terms of the show this week, um, you came to me. I don't know seven forty five in the morning. You were like, "Hey, uh, I need to go get a cake for Paul," and I'm like, "Why?" I mean, I knew it was his birthday, but you know why? And he's like, "Oh, I think we should do it," and I was like. <sighs> I don't think he's, he would want that. And you were like, ah. and so you were advocating for it. I'm like, look, go ask Seton and you know, he can decide. So Tyler, I'll let you take it from there. Well, I mean, I wish I could take credit for thinking about what it evolved into, which was 
just getting Fritzy to have to cut it, which is always like the best thing in the world. Um, but no, I just, it, it really, Paul did a favor for me earlier in the week. And so I, what kind of favor are we talking about here, Tyler? Oh, it's nothing. It's, it's nothing. Um, but, okay. but yeah, uh, so I just, <laughs> I saw this beautiful peanut butter chocolate cake and I couldn't resist. And, uh, yeah, I lucked out. Uh, Paul was very thankful and uh, ended up working out. The other funny part about it is that, so we bought the cake at like you know, 7.45, 8 o'clock in the morning, and it's now 11.15, and Dan starts talking about it on air, and he's like, I'm going to send Tyler to go get a chocolate cake. And at that point, Dan did not know what kind of cake we, he didn't even know, I don't think he even knew we had a cake at that point. Well, because Paul had mentioned, I don't like vanilla cake, vanilla cake is boring. He went through that whole thing about vanilla cake, and you must have been just breathing a sigh of relief, because <laughs> you knew you had, uh, you know, chocolate and peanut butter. Yes, sir. And, uh, yeah, I, I was thinking the same thing because he, and then, and then when Paul said, I, I can't stand vanilla, and I just saw Dan go, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. It was one of those things where, uh, you're like, uh, thank God it worked out that way. Cause we're a little, uh, we're a little short staffed these days. So it would be tough to send somebody out. Yeah. Dylan, what do you got? Um, I know it's Paul's birthday, but that's a pretty bad take in my opinion. The cake take. What do you mean? I just, vanilla is just better than chocolate. Agreed. Oh, yeah, I, I would prefer a vanilla cake with, like, cake cookie batter or cake batter. Of course, dairy-free. Just uh, had to put in my two cents about that. And then th- thank, thank you, Dylan. Move on. All right, well, uh, I think that's going to do it for this week's 1215 Club. Thank you to Alan for joining us. Thank you to Casey Garrity for joining us. Uh, Mario, again, was out this week, but he should be back next week. Um, for Marvin the Prince... Dylan the guy, Tyler the moderator, I'm Eric the Big German. You've been listening to 1215 Club. We'll talk to you next week. Suck it, Mario.